This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 295. Your most important task. Great leaders all have one thing in common. They know that acquiring and keeping good people is a leader's most important task, writes John Maxwell in his book, Developing the Leaders Around You. He urges his readers, find the best people you can, then develop them into the best leaders they can be. The Apostle Paul was condemned and in a dark, dank dungeon with just a hole in the ceiling for light and air. He was in chains like a criminal. He was lonely, bored and cold. Death was inevitable. According to tradition, he was condemned to die by beheading under Nero's persecution. This, to Timothy, is probably his last letter. Paul chose to write to an individual rather than to a church. Timothy was a leader whom Paul had found, trained and developed. Paul was probably in his 60s and Timothy in his early 30s. As Paul became aware that he was handing on the gospel to the next generation, his greatest concern was that Timothy should guard it. The older I get, the more I appreciate the wisdom of the generations before me and the more I realize the responsibility we all have to pass the baton on to the next generation. From Psalm 119 My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. The right foundation for the next generation. This psalm is both a personal reflection on life and also a resource produced by the psalmist to help others build their lives and leadership on the right foundation. In particular, he sets an example of faith in God's word. I have put my hope in your word. All your commands are trustworthy. I have not forsaken your precepts. Lord, help me to be faithful in spite of all the pitfalls and persecutions. Help me to do all I can to train up the next generation of leaders. New Testament from 2 Timothy 1 To Timothy, my dear son, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. God the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know 
that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phrygilus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anisiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. The way to develop the next generation. All of us can have spiritual children. Paul probably had no natural children, but he had spiritual children. He describes Timothy as my dear son. He'd led him to faith in the Lord. For 15 years, Timothy had been Paul's companion and had accompanied him on his second and third missionary journeys. Now, Timothy is in a position of leadership in Ephesus. Paul mentored, trained, and discipled Timothy and passed wisdom onto him. He sets a model and example of how to develop the next generation of leaders. First, love them. The son I love so much is how Paul describes Timothy. Paul constantly thanked God for him. Paul was a passionate and emotional man. When people said goodbye to him, there were often tears of emotion. I miss you a lot, especially when I remember that last tearful goodbye and look forward to a joy-packed reunion. Second, pray for them. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Praying for other people is not a waste of time. It makes a difference. Intercessory prayer is an act of love. Third, believe in them. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul trusted Timothy with responsibility at a young age. The people who influence us are the people who believe in us. Fourth, minister to them. I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Previously, Paul had written, Do not neglect your gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. They may have prayed for him for the gift of evangelism or ordination to leadership in the church. It may have been to be filled with the Spirit and possibly to receive the gift of speaking in tongues or prophecy. We don't know exactly what it was, but it shows the importance of prayer ministry. That's why we lay our hands on people, for example, in the ministry time at the end of practically every church service at HDB. Fifth, encourage them. Timothy needed encouragement. Encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. Timothy was young. He had physical weaknesses, frequent illnesses, and he was probably a shy and introverted character. Paul writes, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. We are not cowards if we feel afraid. In fact, there can be no courage unless you are scared. Courage is doing what you are afraid to do and not allowing fear to rule your decisions. To overcome your fears, God has equipped you with the Holy Spirit and with power, love and self-discipline. Sixth, challenge them. Paul urged Timothy to stir up, to fan into flames the gift he had been given. Other people can help you, but at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own spiritual development. Stir yourself up. Fan the flames of your faith through worship, prayer, Bible reading, community, or whatever it takes. Seventh, trust them. 
guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. The good deposit is the gospel of which Paul has been appointed a herald, apostle and teacher. The gospel is all about Jesus, our Lord. It's about a relationship with him. I know whom I have believed. We have been saved by grace, not because of anything we've done. Jesus, our Saviour, through the cross and resurrection, destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light. Paul urged Timothy not to be ashamed of their friendship, nor to be ashamed to testify about the Lord. They had the gospel to proclaim and to guard. Paul was confident that he had chosen the right person to pass it on to the next generation with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. 8. Share with them. Join with me in suffering for the gospel. Even though Paul served God with a clear conscience, he did not escape suffering. He was in chains. He'd been badly let down by other Christians. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. Yet one person stood out. Don't run away from those who are suffering, but be like loyal Onesiphorus, who, Paul says, often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Lord, help me to pass on the baton to the next generation to pray for them, love them, believe in them, minister to them, encourage them, entrust them, and share with them. Old Testament from Jeremiah 48 and 49. A curse on anyone who's lax in doing the Lord's work. Moab has been at rest from youth like a wine left on its dregs, not poured from one jar to another. She has not gone into exile. So she tastes as she did, and her aroma is unchanged. We have heard of Moab's pride. How great is her arrogance, of her insolence, her pride, her conceit, and the haughtiness of her heart. This is what the Lord says. Has Israel no sons? Has Israel no heir? The importance of developing the next generation. One of the problems highlighted again and again in Jeremiah is the weakness and wickedness of the people's leaders. Here we see the awful consequences of how wrong things can go without the right leadership. Doesn't Israel have any children? No one to step into her inheritance? The inheritance was open, but there was no one who grew into it. The antithesis of God's way of leadership is pride and arrogance, the great sins of Moab, the extremely proud one, his loftiness, his arrogance, his conceit, and the haughtiness of his heart. Pride and independence are often regarded as good qualities by the world, but they are a great sin in the eyes of the Lord because they lead us away from him. Pride and independence say, I don't need you. Proclaiming judgment against Moab and Ammon, Jeremiah says, a curse on those who are lax in doing the Lord's work. Moab has always taken it easy, lazy as a dog in the sun, never had to work for a living, never faced any trouble, never had to grow up, never once worked up a sweat. Hard work is more important than innate talent. As Thomas Edison famously said, genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. Developing the next generation will involve hard work. There is an important principle. We should apply the same standard to the Lord's work as we do, for example, to our secular jobs, provided we're committed to them. In most secular jobs, there's a requirement of 100% efficiency and commitment. 
I'm always so impressed by our volunteers who turn up with such regularity, love and commitment. It's amazing to see their dedication year after year. For many, it's a lifelong commitment to service. Lord, may I never be lax in doing your work. May our generation be a generation that guards the gospel, develops leaders and passes it on to the next generation. Pippa adds, 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and they, through their prayers and example, passed on their faith to Timothy. And we read all about Timothy in this book. It's wonderful to see faith being passed down three generations. Well done, Lois.